The GP will see you now. Hey guys, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, this is Steven with the Death to Vanilla podcast. And uh, I'm just super excited to bring you the show. I just finished up recording with Shondell, who's our guest today. And man, we had so much fun. This is probably like top five most fun, if not the most fun podcast I've ever been on. We just really vibed and it was really neat. So I'm super excited to bring you on to listen to the conversation with her and I. Uh, she is very much in the financial industry space. She has been uh, a worker in the financial industry since the time she was 18 and has uh, really just stopped in like, I think she said six years ago, and this is 2021, the very beginning of it. And so she's been in it her whole life. So she's been both a consumer, uh, obviously, everyone is pretty much a consumer of the banking industry, as well as an active member contributing to it. And so she actually helps with uh, copywriting for financial institutions to be able to connect and build relationships with people. So we had a great conversation. We covered topics of just like general business tips and marketing tips. And we also got into a lot of other really helpful things like what kind of content to make. Um, making content that at the surface level doesn't seem to really convert into paying customers, uh, but actually builds relationship and connection for future business for people. So we talked a little bit about making that kind of content and the kind of the mindset that that goes into and yeah, and just had a really good time. And so I'm super excited for you, uh, to listen to that as always, um, We'd love for you guys to reach out to us with different guests that you think would be a great fit for this podcast and any questions that uh, we could ask our podcast guest. Um, and just a little bit about the podcast, just in case you haven't listened yet, uh, it's Death to Vanilla, which basically means death to all things that don't stand out, right? So we live in a world where there is, you know, 720,000 hours a day that are being uploaded to YouTube. There's about 4 million pictures that get posted on Instagram, 500 million tweets. And so there is just a ton of noise in the world and the cream always rises to the top. So not only quality, but we're talking about just making things that are bold, that are courageous, that stand out. And obviously that's going to totally depend on what kind of industry you're in and what kind of customer you're reaching out to. And so we even talked a little bit about that and making content that stands out for the financial institution, which for the most part has been very old school. So uh, without further ado, go ahead and uh, be ready for the interview with Shondell. Uh, well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Death to Vanilla podcast. I'm your host, Steven, with Burkhart Creative Agency. And today we have uh, Shondell and... Uh, Man, I'm excited to have you on because you operate in um, really an industry that uh, most people would describe as pretty square uh, with the, the financial industry. And so I'm super excited to hear kind of like how you navigate all that, uh, how you're creative in those kinds of environments and manage some of those relationships. So I'm super excited to have you on. So if you could just uh, do a little bit of a little brag on yourself a little bit and uh, give us a little intro and a little bit of backstory to yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show today. Uh, so yeah, I started, I'm originally from um, Canada, born and raised in Toronto. And uh, I started working um, in the financial uh, industry when I was 18. I worked for a company by the name of Bank of Montreal. They're the, the oldest bank in Canada. 
And then um, I worked my way up there and then I left there and I started working for a company called Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. They're the same thing as PMI here in the US. Mm. Um, and then while I was there, um, I paid off a couple mortgages. Um, so I bought my first property when I was 20. And then a few years after that, I had bought um, a rental property. And then uh, in about 11 years, I think it was 11 years, I paid off both of those mortgages. So um, my uh, one of my girlfriends, I told maybe three people. And one of my girlfriends suggested that I start, um, you know, helping other people to do the same thing and people who may not know, you know, how to get a mortgage, buy a house for the first time, buy a rental property, things like that. She yeah. was just really, really encouraging me to, you know, try to help other people do the same thing. And I thought, yeah, why not? So um, she suggested that I start blogging. And um, that's what I did. I didn't even know what blogging was uh, when she told me about it. No clue. Yeah. Uh, I was just so like, I, I I was just into my job. And that was it. Like I was fine there. Even though I wasn't completely fulfilled and I knew I wanted more, I just didn't know what that looked like. So when she suggested blogging and I started reading about what that was, um, then I taught myself how to build my own website. And um, after I did that, I just started blogging about my experience. And um, I started to become a part of the whole personal finance community. And then um, that just led to radio stations started contacting me and magazines wanted to hear my story. And then that all led to me working with a, a lady by the name of Gail Vaz Oxlade. So she would be the Susie Orman, but of Canada. And once I started working with her, um, that's when a lot of companies started to contact me. She had at the time, like three television shows on TV. So she, her, oh, wow. she's a huge brand in Canada. Um, so when I was attached to her, it just um, put me in front of her audience as well. Plus she had a radio, um, a radio show that she did. So she brought me on her radio show. So that oh. just gave me a lot of exposure and yeah, um, yeah really, really nice lady. We're, we're still friends to this day. And um, then companies started contacting me and wanting me to write for them. Now I was still working at Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation at the time. So I wasn't able to handle all of the work that I was getting. So um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he suggested that um, I hire some writers. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. <laughs> I just do that. Like it yeah. didn't even occur to me that I should do that. Cause I don't come from um, a family of entrepreneurs or business owners at all. Like I've just always been around people who worked for companies. Right. So this is all new to me. Like this is not something I had thought to pursue. It was just something that was happening. And I thought, well, why not continue with it? Cause I, I love talking to people and if I can help some people, why not? So that's what ended up happening. And then I started hiring writers and then eventually um, the business was just making more money than Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation was paying me. And I thought, well, you know, we have something here I could just quit the job. Um, and that's really how the business was born. Um, so we focus on financial institutions simply because that's where I come from. Yeah. Um, my whole career was, was within the financial industry. And um, what I noticed was uh, the main reason why I really wanted to focus on um, you know, financial institutions is because when I was blogging about paying off my mortgages and stuff like that, I realized that a lot of people were um, coming to me for advice, but not coming to me for advice because I worked in the industry. They were coming to me for advice because of my experience in buying property young and paying off mortgage, my mortgages and things like that. So I realized there was a disconnect between all of the information that were in banks um, mm. and how that was getting to their ideal customer because their ideal customer was coming to me for advice. But the reason why they were coming to me is because I was in front of them online. Um, and that's where I was. So I knew there was a bridge that needed to, to be created to fill that gap so that the financial institutions can communicate with their ideal customers. And I knew how to do that simply because I was blogging. So that's really how the business was born. That's amazing. 
for two reasons. One is that I love anytime, you know, cause like really anyone that has a business is to solve a problem. Right. And so you kind of almost accidentally really discovered the problem that the banks had, which yeah. is really cool because you were in there in, in the trenches making it happen. And, uh, so it kind of presented itself to you as you were doing the work, which I think is really cool. And then two, you were so right. Right. So like, um, you know, when, you know, we were talking and I was doing some of the research on you as well. It's just this idea that like, as someone yourself, who's building a business, you know, you can't just be like, Hey, just buy my stuff. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you know what I mean? But that's kind of what a bank's doing. And they're like, you should bank with us. Why? Because we, we do checking accounts yeah. like, Oh, that's super compelling. Um, and so does every other bank. Yeah. Like, Oh, like our, our, our service fee of $5 less. And like, maybe that'll work for someone, but that's not super compelling. Certainly yeah. not a reason to go on a website. Um, yeah. unless you just happen to be researching cause you're ready to uh, pick a bank or whatever. But, uh, interesting that, you know, so did you find that by and large they had no like value added um content in general what i found was the relationships weren't being built okay um, the reason why people were coming to me is because they felt like they knew me because mm. i was telling my story i was i and and i i um i've been on both sides of the fence i was a, a mortgage loan originator for years so i knew exactly the the lender mindset i knew exactly what they had to do to qualify then i was also a consumer I still am a consumer. So right. I, I was on both sides of the fence. So I was able to give their customers um, both sides of the fence, what the lender is looking for and what you should do to, to get a mortgage and pay it off and how to buy rental property and things like that. So it was I was able to give them both sides and, and people just enjoy that. People want to see real life stories that they can relate to because then they feel like, you know, they're a part of what they want and then they can go and get it, right? It just, I think the, the disconnect was just... Um, kind of treating people like they are people and not a number. Because a lot of times customers feel like they're a number, especially with um, some of the big institutions, they've just got so many customers. And it's kind of like, the, be the best way I always describe it to them is you can have a thousand friends, but when you are talking with one, they need to feel like they're your only friend. And that's what it comes down to. You can have a million customers, but each one needs to feel like they are important to you. You need to figure out a way to build a relationship with them. And the great thing about institutions is you have customers from, you know, their teenagers till death. Like you've got products to help them from their kid until, you know, retirement. So, but you want, you have, but in order to keep them that long, you have to be a part of their journey. And the only way you can be a part of their journey is if you have a relationship with them. And the only way you can have a relationship with someone is if you get to know them and you have to get to know who they are and where they are and stick with them on their journey. And that comes from being consistent with the content that you put out there and the content that you put out there should be based on what they want to know. And that, like I said, um, and one way to do that is to join Facebook groups and mm. find out exactly what your ideal customer wants. There's Facebook groups for everything. There, sure. there are literally Facebook groups for everything. First time home buyers, repeat buyers. I'm a part of some of them. So I can, I can name some great Facebook groups that you know the institutions should be a part of and just sit there and listen. What do your ideal customers want? Like just be a fly on a wall and figure out what they want and then create content to solve those problems. Yeah, that's... It's so funny that businesses want to scale, but they don't, they don't always necessarily have a, a way to retain clients. And it's like you said, like they're only a lifelong customer if they decide to stick around with you 
long term and a second a relationship builds if there wasn't one there to begin with then yes. what reason do they have to stay and it's 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 got to be cheaper for them to just keep the customer than get a new one oh you know? <laughs> so it's like yeah, think about it i mean you it is so much easier i mean just in business in general i mean the cost to get a new customer versus the cost to keep a customer and upsell them um obviously it's a little bit more money but the great thing with institutions is you know your goal should be to um once you have a client how could i get their child how mm. could i get their uncle how could i get their sister how could i get their family right. um because everybody needs a bank in some area of life everybody needs everyone's going to buy a car get a credit card get a line of credit get a loan buy a house i mean there is just like so much products that everybody pretty much has some type of banking pro product right sure. um a bank account something something so it's very I wouldn't say easy, but if you take a holistic approach um, and be strategic, you can you can get the entire family and keep them if you remain top of mind and if you continue to build those relationships with them. People want to be loyal to people they like. Yeah. I mean, why why would you leave? And 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 price is not always the differentiator, right? I'll pay more money because I have a better relationship with you um, than pay less because I don't know this person, right? Um, you, you, there's a sense of loyalty when you have a relationship with someone Absolutely. that, that, that surpasses price. Yeah. Cause I mean, at some point the banks are pretty competitive. There can't be exactly. that much difference. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not like as if, you know, one, you know, one bank is, you know, offering like 20% and another bank's offering three, unless you go with a hard money lender or something like that. But for the sure. most part, financial institutions, their rates are, you know, right in and around, um, the same. So the differentiator is relationships. The differentiator is how well do you know your customer and uh, how well do they know you? Right. So <clears throat> after you started understanding the customers better for them, what kind of like, like tactically, like what kind of things did you actually find were building the connections really well? So like you obviously have it with uh, the content you were putting out. Um, where it was like really personal and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, f I feel like a bank would really have a hard time being like super personal because you obviously are a human being that's interacting with people and a bank can't necessarily put so-and-so as the face of something because that person may not stick around or whatever else as, as opposed to you being the business owner. Yeah. So how do, how do they navigate that like personalness uh, by, from a business standpoint? By telling customer stories. Okay by telling customer stories. So if you're focused on first time home buyers, do a video on, you know, you know, Joe and Sarah who have been saving for the past five years to buy their house. And now you guys came along and helped them move into that dream home. So create the picture and tell the story because that will resonate with all of the other young couples that um, right now that may not have enough money. Then you can start talking about, well, you only have to put down X amount of money there's these products that can help you. So you can still get into the products, but tie it to the story, tie it to the emotion. Um, and that that's a perfect way to do that. How did you help you know, this couple get into their dream home? And there's many ways you can twist that and turn that in, but that's how I would um, um, you know, do that, is just use your own customers that you've helped and create a story and do a video or, um, videos work really really well because it just helps to you know tie to the emotion even more kind of like when we watch movies and we cry so well me maybe like a good sound <laughs> comes on you're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, so that's one way to, to connect with the audience through your own customers. And then you have them put a testimonial on Google for you. I mean, so there's so many things you can do. You post that video on social media, on your website, have them put a testimonial after the video, put that testimonial, have them put a testimonial on Google so that when people go and look for reviews, they see the same couple that they just saw on Google, that builds more trust. Um, so there's there's a lot of things you can do to, but th th these ideas are have to be consistent over a period of time. Because, you know, one is not, you know, how many people are even going to see that one? Totally. So you've got to be consistent with um, your content and mix it up. So you can do stories, you can do written, you could do audio. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do, um, you know, just to be where your ideal customer is, is, is the biggest takeaway. You want to be where they are and continue to provide consistent content that will resonate with them. No, that makes total sense. Um, you know, I, for me, I always think of personal as being like someone being the face of something like that one to one connection. But uh, that makes sense too. that that way they're not having a connect. The, the, the potential customer is not having a connection with a certain individual that may or may not be around next year. They're having yeah. it with um, a, a customer, you know, a, a, a human being that's like them. Right. Yeah. So like I think that's brand. really cool. Yeah, it's the brand. Like, like, who's the uh, who started? Was it Phil Knight that started Nike? Was it was that his name? I'm not familiar. No. Anyways, but Nike. When you think of Nike, you're not thinking you're gonna actually try to build a relationship with, you know, the creator or the CEO. It's the right. brand. It's yeah. how the brand makes you feel, right? Just do it. It's motivational. It's you know, if I buy Nike shoes, I feel like I can, you know, uh, play basketball like Michael Jordan or LeBron, right? It's, it's, it's how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. It's how the brand, but not necessarily how, you know, the owner or how the, 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 the founder of Nike makes you feel it's the brand in and of itself. And that's through stories, right? They tell stories of athletes. Yeah. That's why we connect because we want to kind of be like the athletes, right? So that's what the, what they're doing is the exact same thing that I'm describing. They're telling the stories of their customers um, and that will resonate with future potential customers. Kind of, that's all the big brands do that. They, they create stories so it resonates with their ideal customer. And then it makes you feel like, you know, you can be that. So you kind of want that, right? Dude, that's, that's crazy you bring that up because um, I've been very slowly making my way through the, uh, the Netflix documentary, uh, The Last Dance, that covers like oh, the Bulls and Michael Jordan. Yeah. First yeah. of all, that documentary is amazing. Yeah. And so well done. Uh, but yeah, they, so I just watched the episode where they talked about Michael Jordan making the, the deal with, um, it was Nike, right? That he did yeah. made the deal with. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think he was, he wanted to do Adidas, but okay. then ended up doing Nike instead for some reason. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It was, I think that was one of their campaigns was the be like Mike campaign. Yes. Yeah. Where, where he, that's like literally where it was, where it was yeah. like, yeah. like how more obvious could you get yeah. that you're like, okay, you want to be like him, wear the shoe, like, you and know, the logo with him dunking. Like yeah. that's so unforgettable. There's nothing there's And there's nothing subtle about it. Like they're not yeah. even insinuating that like you're buying it because you want to be someone like someone they're like, like no. you, you do want to be it by like it because Mike. you exactly want to be like Mike. Exactly. And it's just so funny. It's just so overt. But yeah. um, anyway, yeah, so totally that makes so much sense that, 
yeah, it's those stories and those connection yeah. points. And rather than a, a, a physical specific person, you know, obviously it was, you know, Michael Jordan, but like over a period of time, it's not just one specific person. It's, it's, it's the, uh, brand. the brand. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And multiple people, right? Yeah. Because you've got to, um, that, that's another reason why it's nice to have, um, you know, stories because you'll connect with different kinds of people. Right. right? When you have these stories, you're like, like Nike, you know, they do, they they um sponsor so many different kinds of sports different ethnicities because that what that does is it helps to connect with different kinds of people mm-hmm. right so the, that's what the stories what the customers do have different different kinds of customers from ethnic backgrounds because then you draw in different kinds of people right and that's what you want you want you know as as many customers as you can get and that those are just some ways to to create content that will resonate with different kinds of people well, it's like, that's perfect. Going back to what you were saying, not necessarily with like, uh, ethnic, uh, diversity, but age diversity, right? Where yeah. you were talking about, like, if, if a bank is offering products from people from birth to death, then like a, a retirement person has a different story than someone, like you said, who just bought a first time home or a person Absolutely. who had their first kid or is on their third home, yes. um, or, or, you know, or opening up their first savings account. Uh, each of them have a different story. So that, that's kind of interesting. So did, did you, because of the fact that you had experience in the uh, financial industry, because to me, that just seems like just an insane amount of research to really understand very well, like someone's journey, their entire lives through uh, the uh, a financial institution. That seems like a lot of <laughs> a lot of stories and a lot of like understanding and a lot of Facebook groups to understand what that looks like. So, was that something you just picked up during your time at a financial institution, or did you spend just like an absurd amount of hours researching, you know, potential products that people would want to interact with like throughout their entire life? Um, a combination of both, because I when I so I started working in the bank at 18. So it's interesting how my life kind of just meshed with my career because mm. I've always been on both sides of the fence. Right. Um, I've all like, I started in the industry at 18. So as a customer and as someone on the other side in the bank, yeah. I was able to connect it really well because I've been, I, I was always on both sides until I left the bank to start my own business. Um, and so I can still understand it because I just left, you know, what, six years ago. Um, so I just left the industry six years ago, but I'm still working with the industry. So right. it's still, it, it, just, it kind of meshed really well. So I saw on both sides, um, you know, what was lacking and what worked. So for me, um, I saw how they had the customers from, you know, really early on until retirement. And then when I was a customer, being a, I've always been a customer and still am. Um, I'm a part of several Facebook groups that I tell my customers they need to be in. Like, for example, we invest a lot in real estate and Bigger Pockets is a huge, in my opinion, one of the best Facebook groups. Everybody in there either owns property or is wanting to buy property. Most people cannot buy property with cash, which means right. they need a mortgage, Yeah. which means you should be in there trying to get the business. So, I mean, like, it's just, you know, it, it's not rocket science, but sometimes it's just a matter of just... Um, Kind of opening the door so you know they see the opportunity that's right in front of them Absolutely. and their ideal customer is on facebook hands down i'm in i know some of the owners of these groups they're like they're, i know exactly who the type of people that are in these groups i've been a part of these communities since i started blogging you know way back so i can tell them that their ideal customer is right in there yeah. um and how to get in there and, and get the 
business for them. So, and Facebook groups is not the only one, like there's forums, there's a lot of other things they can do as well, but Facebook groups, in my opinion, are the fastest way to really get to know your audience. Hmm. Um, especially if you're getting in groups that, um, have a lot of people and are active daily. Because sure. the more active the Facebook group is, the more patterns you'll be able to see. Because what you're looking for is patterns um, to see what it is your ideal customer wants. And I always tell our customers, you want to segment your, your ideal customer. So um, if you're focused on first-time homebuyers, you know, you know, go to a group with first-time homebuyers. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, if you're focused on repeat buyers, then go somewhere where they're either they're, they're either wanting to buy a second home for a cottage because that's different, right? People who are repeat buyers could either be real estate investors or they could just be people who um, want to buy a second home for a cottage or a condo like downtown or wherever. Sure. So those are completely two different audiences. They're not going to have the same types of questions um, at all. So really niching down into who it is you want to target um, and get to know each of those segments because they're all going to be different. And you can task different people for these things. Um, so it's not, it is, it is a lot if you're going to, you know, task one person. Because I only suggest get into, you know, two Facebook groups. Like, I'm not suggesting get into 25 Facebook groups. Sure. Get into the top two. Uh, that's all you need. Get into the top two. Spend 20 minutes in there every day. Task someone to spend 20 minutes in there every day. Um, very strategic in what they're doing. Um, you know, looking for certain patterns. I could even tell them how to search for certain things uh, just to make that 20 minutes, you know, time well spent um, and then just get in and get out that you'll be surprised how much info you can get on your ideal customer in that short period of time. I'm, right. a, I'm a big believer in being a creator um, on social media rather than being a cons just a consumer, right? Like go in there with intention because you can literally spend hours on Facebook and, you know, realize you've wasted three hours of your life. So you want to be strategic when you're going into these Facebook groups. And uh, we got a little visitor. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's bound to happen. I pull out my computer and ignore them, and all of a sudden, I'm the most interesting person. That's so cute. Freaking cats, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't know. It's just it is. It's my life. So that's okay. That's, okay. <laughs> that's what I suggest. Like that. Yeah. Do you, you can be strategic and really get to know who your ideal customer is. No, I think that's great. To me, like Facebook groups just make like the most sense. Like I know you can go on Reddit and find subreddits and stuff like that. But to me, it's like Facebook is just like so I don't know. It just makes sense to my brain. As far, like I don't like Facebook per se, but uh, Facebook groups, I think, are like you said, a crucial uh, research thing uh, to be able to understand clients. And it, it, it is they're just it's so easy to find groups. It's so easy to figure yeah. out if they're active, like yeah. and it's not some weird, like endless sub threads and stuff like that it's just it's just i don't know it's great and you can yeah you can search stuff so if you can like see a keyword of of something yeah. that someone says you can search it and it'll pull up like every post that exactly. someone's ever uh brought that up on yes. um so like when i was doing uh more like uh like family and wedding photography like if i was ever looking for engagement shoots i could just like type in the word like engage or uh, engagement shoot locations and they would pull up any post that someone ever posted of like, yeah. Hey, how about here? How about there? And it was, it was a great research tool. So yeah. absolutely for you, uh, for someone else who's like, a you know, like a CMO or something like that to be able to, you know, drop in and spend a little bit of time. Like you said, 20 minutes, it doesn't have to be an all day affair. Just, you know, 20 minutes every day to be able to go in and notice like, Hey, are people asking the same questions? Are people having the same problems? Are people asking mm -hmm. about the same influencers, the same platforms, the same, whatever and then yeah. figuring them out <laughs> yeah. so, and then bridge that gap and then you yeah. want to always ask yourself how could i serve this 
how could I serve these people? Yeah. Do, based on my skills, based on where I work, do I have anything that can help these people? Because that you always will have to be in the mindset of, you always have to be in the servant mindset. How yeah. can I help these people? And do I have something that I could offer them? Right. And when you go in with that mindset, I mean, then you start creating content to, to help them. So my question for you is, and because this has been on my brain as we've been talking, I, I kind of have this like in my my head, I have this like, I don't know, like a, like a graph or something like that, where on one side of the graph is like the most practical information you could possibly give someone that's helpful, right? So like, uh, these are the three things that you need to think about when getting a home loan or something like that, or like when applying for the your, a mortgage for a first time home, right? That's like super practical, like super not, you know, cut and dry, I guess. And, and then on this side, you have like, uh, content like, um, you know, uh, you know, should you, uh, if you, you know, buy a, a previously owned house, should you tear out the carpet and put it in tile instead? You know what I mean? What does that do with the value of your house? Where it's like, it's still helpful. It's still a question a first time home buyer is going to ask themselves like, Oh, do I want to keep this, you know, carpet? Am I just going to have to live with it? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to raise the value of my house? Blah, blah, blah. That, that's something that someone's potentially going to ask as well. But it's yeah. also something where like, maybe like as it, as it goes to like, you know, conversions, for the company from blog post to customer, maybe it's not quite as clear. How do you, f do you feel like there's that kind of gap in content as far as uh, conversions or, or how close it is being practical, I guess? Do you see there being a difference? Do you think it's all the same? Um, you know, do you give more attention to one than the other? Like what's your kind of take on that? Uh, so yeah, every, every con anytime you're putting content out there, it has to be tracked or else you won't know if it's working or not. So sure. in terms of written content, um, there's many ways you can track that. Uh, Google Analytics, I mean, analytic, Google Analytics will help you a lot in tracking content on your website. Um, so you always wanna know how many people are staying on your page? How long are they staying on your page? Are they, are they following through with the call to action? Um, do, what, do you have you know, a contact number where they can go? Are they calling the contact number after they read the content? Are they filling out the content, the, the contact form? So all of that needs to be tracked so you know if the content that you're putting out there is actually resonating with your ideal customer. That's the only sure. way you'll know is if you're looking at the analytics. And social media has a ton of analytics as well, whether you're posting on you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever, you can get analytics from there as well to see how your content is resonating because that's all that matters is if the because you're not writing content for yourself. Sure. You're, you're putting out content for your, your customer. You're wanting it to be of value to them. And the only way to know if it's of value is if you're tracking it and paying attention to the analytics, because then you can make tweaks. If, um, you know, if people are clicking off before they get to the call to action, so maybe we need to move the call to action up. Right. So there's little there's little things you can do to, to tweak the content so that it is customized to exactly what your ideal customer wants until you get that perfect until you're dancing, you know, that perfect rhythm um, with you and your customer based on who you are as a brand, what you guys stand for and the information that you're providing your customer, how that's resonating with them. And that's really what it is. It, it just becomes that perfect rhythm, but it takes time, right? Especially if you weren't consistent with the content, you've got to be consistent and we got to continuously track exactly what's happening with it until we get to that rhythm where it's, you know, it's working, it's, it's resonating with them. And then you just continue. And while we're writing the content, 
you know, there's people that are constantly building those relationships to let us know exactly what they want to know. So then we can write the content, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a team uh, effort and it's a holistic approach uh, right. when it comes to any type of content, whether it's video, audio, written, um, it's always, you know, a holistic approach. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of what I meant by holistic, because I, I feel like there's this idea where like in this one circle, there's like things that the bank can do that is a value to a first time homeowner. But in like maybe like a related circle, there's like all the things that actually go through the mind of a first time home buyer, just to use them as a, like a consistent example. Right. And so like there's things that a, per, a first time homeowner is going to be is going to care about that had nothing to do with a bank but they're still helpful for them. There's still questions they're really answering. And so yeah. then I guess my question is, is it worth it for a bank to even post that kind of information because there's no direct tie to oh, like yeah. filling out a form? And then, so then I guess my question is, 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 do you believe in doing both? And then how much of each, right? Because obviously like if I, you know, rent, sorry, not rent. If I write a blog post about like the you know top three trending colors to paint your new home, that is something a first-time homeowner is going to research. It is yeah. relevant, and they are asking that question. It has nothing to do with a bank, but at the same time, if that's driving traffic to website, that's kind of a good thing too. So, like, so I guess my question is: is how how do you juggle that? Like, this doesn't quite convert into like filling out a form, but it does build a relationship. Yes. So you've got to do both because, okay. <clears throat> excuse me, you've got to mix up the content and excuse me, content that um, you don't want to be too forceful with the content, like sure. just kind of put it in people's face, like, okay, call me now. Because people, you know, that doesn't resonate with people. So oftentimes the best content is not around products. Right. You don't really need to push products down people's throats because like I said, most people can't afford to buy a house with cash, right? So eventually like they're going to have to get a mortgage. So if you're providing enough value, they will raise their hand and say, you know, what are your rates? Can we do an application? if you're providing enough value, right? Why wouldn't they? You're giving sure. them all this information. So if you're giving them advice on different paint colors or how can how they can possibly, you know, convert their basement into a man cave. I mean, you know, if you're giving tips on what people want to know, they will eventually raise their hand. If they if people constantly see you and you're constantly answering their questions and questions that they're asking other people or themselves or friends or family, um, they're probably going to come to you when they're ready and say, you know what, um, you know, I've been getting all this information from you. What are your rates or, or can we do an application? Or this is my situation. Do you think you can help? Right. right? They'll come to you with something um, that will, and that's a lead, right? That's a lead. And that's from the information that you're providing. Um, so usually most of the content we write is not uh, product related. It right. is more of what you said, um, things that don't necessarily have to do with an FHA mortgage or the rates um, because that information people could just kind of find online. Um, so the best way I always say to tie in products is if you're already talking like about a story or if you're talking about something else, then you can let them know um, after you've talked about what is going to help them, you know, well, an FHA mortgage can help you in this particular situation, right? right. So tie it into um, the value that you're bringing to them rather than just making it all about you. It should never be about you, ever. It should always be about the customer. Well, I, w I was laughing with someone yesterday because we were talking about some video work we were doing and um, I was like, for comparison, I was I was talking to him about how like, you know, I, I don't know, I read 
magazines all the time. And so I, I always told them that my favorite articles that like I both love and hate are the ones where like you're reading it and halfway through you realize it's an ad. Yeah. And you know, cause they hide like advertisement, like in the top corner yeah. and it's like in like size five font or something. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, cause you're starting to read it and like, this is actually interesting. And like, this has to do with the other content in this magazine. Like, you know, it's a travel magazine and they're talking about traveling, but it's like a hotel ad, but yeah. they're, you know, but they're, they're telling a story about traveling and like adventuring and relaxing and wellness and all these other things. So you're reading it and you're like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And halfway through, you're like, it's an ad. And I was like, I've been tricked. But at the same time, <laughs> it's still like that value added where it's like yeah. they, they didn't make it like we have the nicest rooms, our fours are the cleanest, we have the best customer service. You know what I mean? They weren't pushing anything. They yeah. were telling a story and adding value. And I just think that's amazing. And I think that sometimes, maybe unless you just don't do a very good job of connecting, um, you know, like the attribution windows and stuff like that of like, this equals this, and I, I promise. <laughs> but you know, uh, the, this idea that like, sometimes the, the content doesn't quite in maybe in people's brains connect with like, how does this make me more money? But at the same time, it's like you said, it's that building that relationship, giving value so that over a period of time, someone feels like they gave you enough value. So when it comes to them making that decision, like you said, they have to get a loan. So they got to go somewhere. And then, you know, how do you attribute this effort and this value added with this person walked in the door and I'm sure you have ways of tracking that, but um, I feel like that's sometimes a challenge for people to make that connection that like all this money and time is being spent and it will pay off. I promise. You yeah, know, it's, it's a long game. Yeah. Um, but even, even paying attention. So even though the, the, the content that is on your website, um, it should still be tracked in terms of how much traffic is it, it's it's bringing. Sure. Um, there's there's different ways. Like they don't necessarily have to call, but they can subscribe, right? So subscribing is a way to get them closer and into your funnel, right? right. So they can also download a checklist that you've created. They can download. So there's different things that you can do because um, those are all call to actions, right? Subscribing, downloading the checklist. Those are all call to actions. It's not just you know call this number. Um, that, so there's different ways you can, you can put call to actions in there, um, to, and then, and then, like I said, that's all tracked as well. Um, so from the time they get to, you know, reading mo most times, they're not going to just read one piece of content and, and, you know, if they've never even heard of you, sure. uh, just, unless they are just focused on rate. Right. Unless they're, or price, I should just say, unless they're focused on price. Right. Um, which is rate. Then they may do that if, if they're just price shoppers. Which I always say, um, you want a you want a stronger relationship than that because they'll just leave you for that too, right? If they come to you just 100%. for that, they'll leave you just for that as well. So that that's why the longevity comes from the, the relationship because that will create the loyalty. Yeah, it's like it, it just always goes back to like it's just a human relationship uh, dynamic where it's yeah. like you know uh, like like for me the the example I always give is like. You meet someone for the first time, you may like them, but that doesn't mean you hand them your car keys and say like, hey, you can borrow my car for the day. But you would yeah. do that for a friend that you loved and trusted, someone exactly. who has a track record where you're like, hey, they're not just going to drive off to another state and sell my car like or, exactly. you know, they're, they're irresponsible or whatever. So like it's the same kind of thing. Like yeah. you don't you don't meet someone and hand them your keys. So like there's not a chance that, you know, like you said, they're going to read a blog post and all of a sudden like they're going to move all their investments from where they've been for the last 10 years to you like that just doesn't even make sense it's because exactly. no human relationship works that way <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. 
ever. And it's the same thing if you meet someone, you don't ask them to marry the, you the next day, right? All right. You, get, you, know, you don't want to marry somebody after knowing them for one day because you don't know them, right? So it's the same thing. It's, it's all yeah. about relationships, which uh, over time builds trust and loyalty. So I, I want to be respectful of your time because we've been we've been going for a, a while here, and I really appreciate that. But yeah. um, you know, for for the podcast, we're always talking about like bold marketing and doing you know new and different things. Just the you know the death of vanilla idea is just the idea that vanilla content is doesn't stand out, it doesn't get noticed, and it's not going to financially pay off for anyone. So uh, if you're going to make content, you might as well make it stand out. So my question for you is, you know, obviously banks. You know, this is just my opinion. So please correct me if I'm wrong. Tend to play it a little safe, right? Because they've got to appeal to a lot of people. A lot of people are offended by a lot of things. Let's be honest. And and so you know, I feel like you know playing it safe is not a smart or not a dumb move. Uh, but like, how have you seen them? Have you seen them do anything bold or interesting or different or like like what kind of things are they doing to like really stand out besides yeah, so like being relational and stuff like like what we talked so, about. So um, some of them are starting to create podcasts. Okay. Uh, which is good. So they're getting into and more video, um, which is which is which is great. And then we can we turn the videos and um, the podcasts into written into um, blog posts, right? You can you can. Um, so a lot of them are are getting into repurposing content, uh, which is really really good because mm -hmm. you can have. I've, I'm always for all types of content. Like Netflix makes content, right? There's so many different kinds of content. So you can have video and the written form. It's always, I'm, I'm a big advocate of providing as many different kinds of content because you don't know how your ideal customer wants to consume it, True. right? Some people may have time, some people prefer reading than watching. Some people prefer listening than watching. Yeah. Some, so, it, and you don't know that. So if just provide it all, just do all, just do audio, do video, do written. Um, and then it, it just, it provides the variety, right? For different kinds of people. So you can, and that's why oftentimes you'll see video with transcripts because some people just prefer to read. Um, and some people can't listen. Like I've got a baby, I've got a one-year-old. If I'm putting him to sleep, I could maybe read something, right? Cause that's more convenient. I don't want to listen to something and then he hears it and he doesn't go to sleep. So you always right. want to meet your customer where they are. And the only way to do that is to provide a variety of, of content that will speak to them. So I do see a lot of um, um, financial institutions starting to move in that direction of the people. Cause that's what it, that's all that matters. Move in the direction of the people. Cause if you stay and they move, you get left behind, right? So you always have to be where they are and be a part of the conversation that they're already having. Um, that's, that's really what it comes down to. No one wakes up and says, I'm gonna buy a house today. They've already stalked Realtor.com, Zillow.com. They've spoken to friends and family. They've checked out different neighborhoods. You need to be a part of that conversation so that when they're ready to get a mortgage, they contact you, right? So that's really um, the, the big message. And they are starting to hear that because people are all about relationships. Not only that, people are, um, you know, wanting, you know, their financial institution to meet them where they are, right? Rather than go to them especially now with the pandemic where you know people aren't going into branches i mean i wasn't going into branches before the pandemic i don't even remember the last time <laughs> the last time i went to a bank was when we bought this house because even yeah yeah because when we bought the, the the rental we didn't even have to go into the bank yeah when we bought this house was the last time i went yeah. into a bank because you don't need to right so the banks need to meet the customers where they are they're just going to ask you to open up a checking account when you go in <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I think it's just a mindset thing. It's just, and the thing is the mindset of 
to some customers, the mindset of banks has been very old, very, you know, old fashioned. Yeah. But now that I see some of them doing the podcast um, and, you know, a lot of people are on Clubhouse now. Is it called Clubhouse? Yeah, Clubhouse. Yes. Oh, love Clubhouse. So I, mean, I haven't gone on yet. I've, I've, I've added it. I got an yeah. invite, but I haven't spent any time on it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. So and that's just audio. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that is strictly audio. It's not video and it's not you can't re, you can't re-listen to it. It's just it's there and that's it. And then it's not. So it's, um, you know, it's different. And if your ideal customer is there, be there uh, is, is really uh, what I say. But I see them starting to, to make that that change to um, paying attention to where their customers are and then going there. Well, like, I don't know. So, like, I'm just like looking at like the apps on my phone and it's like I love. So I have a USAA. Um, because my wife's dad was, uh, in the coast guard and I love them, but I can assure you their, their blog feed is not on, is not an icon on my home screen. You know what I mean? But you know, Twitter is and TikTok is and Instagram is. So if they're there, then I'll see their content and, and it'll build a relationship. But like, I, you know, I ain't searching for their blog posts. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like you have to be where the customer is because, you know, otherwise, how are you supposed to talk to them? <laughs> like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then bring them back to your website, right? Then you bring them, you go where they are, and then you bring them to you. You bring right. them to your party. But you have to go where they are so they know how to get to your party. Right? That's 100% true. Well, that just goes back to creating the content that brings value and builds a relationship. Like, you know, like no one's going to, you know, if you, if you desperately need to, you will totally watch a video on how to apply for a mortgage. Right. Yeah. But, but until then, like people would probably put it on to fall asleep to maybe. And you know what I mean? So then it's that point. It's like, OK, well, then you've got to be making other things that connect with people. And those other things are perfect yeah. for the apps that people actually use on their phone. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you're not you're not going to make a TikTok about applying for a loan. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but, you you know, you might, you know, um, it might be interesting to talk about like, you know, three hacks to like qualify for more or something like that. That might be kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, um, renovations so, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, Before absolutely. and after things of, um, yeah, because even you can you can even get a loan to refine to renovate your house. Like, I mean, right. there's like it still can all tie back, even though you're not specifically talking about it. You know what I mean? Like, who, especially now with the pandemic. I mean, yeah, lots of people are renovating their home. Like, we bought a couch the other day. We bought a couch in set, no October. We just got it. Tuesday. What's Holy crap. We just got it on Tuesday and we bought the couch in October. So, I mean, it's just the back. They were still it. growing the tree to build it, right? I, I think they were. But so <laughs> many people, I think because everyone's home, they're looking at their house and they're like, you know what? I don't like that. I don't like this. I'm going to buy some furniture. So, like, a lot of places are on back order. So, renovation tips is perfect because people are renovating their house. They're wanting to buy new stuff and paint the walls and change the kids' rooms and, and right. you know, a lot of times people will get a loan to do that because they may not have, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars to do what they want to do. So it's, you know, it still ties back to you, but you're giving them tips on, you know, how to decorate, how to, you know, decorate their living room or how to decorate their bedroom right. or whatever. Yeah. When you get your free money, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not really, but you know, it feels like free money. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you so much for jumping on here. I really appreciate it. I love your perspective i love that you are like you said that you've been on both sides of the road so you know it's been able to really help you 
uh, create great content and really understand your the customer better because you you were the customer. <laughs> so I still am uh, the customer. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> will continue to be right. And we'll so exactly. uh, yeah. So until you if you if you become ridiculously independently wealthy, I'm sure at that point you're like, yeah, I don't need a bank. I'll just buy everything with cash. But until then, until then, well, you still have a bank account. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. probably a credit card or a line of credit. I mean, the, the banks to me are just you're right. You're right. You'll always have some type of uh, some type of relationship with them. Like true. who doesn't have a bank account or a line of credit or a credit card or something? Some type of bank products, right? Even if you don't have a mortgage, you probably still have a bank account. True. <laughs> I have sure. since I was sixteen. Exactly. So. Exactly. So if you could uh, just. Uh, uh, go ahead and just let us know how to reach out to you. So anyone who's listening to the podcast or watching this on the video can uh, go find you and, and learn yeah. more about you. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn um, most often because that, that's where my ideal customer is. <laughs> so that's where I am every day. Right. Um, yeah, so Shondell Varciana is my handle on LinkedIn and uh, and, our, and my website, varcimedia.com, B-A-R-C-I media.com. Uh, you, can, you can reach out to me there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.